My name is Nathan Kolopek. I am Matthew Morkin. And this is the Veritas Equipping Podcast. Our goal is, especially during this time, to equip you to live out your faith and love Jesus well. So today we want to talk about discipleship in our church. And as the adult ministry team, we want to, we want to have a conversation a little bit about how discipleship plays out for men and women, because what what we've encountered quite a bit is Veritas has a different structure, maybe philosophy, for how we disciple men and women as a church. Yeah, and just this is kind of a follow-up to what Richard had to say last week. Yeah. I mean, it is really good to talk about like one-on-one discipleship, but what does it look like here at Veritas? Yeah, in yeah. the church. So we've got two special guests. We allowed her back. Uh, Randall, <laughs> what's your middle name? Brianne. Randall Brianne Lamock. Yeah, here uh, I am, back again. Wow. Can we well, call you Bree for short? No, you <laughs> may not. There, there are no certain things. To all the Bree's out there. Yeah, there are certain things we don't call Randall, and I won't name them here because right. people might use them, but right. we'll, we'll add that to the list. You're still on the good list. Thank you. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> um, and then we have a, a very special guest, um, fresh, new to the staff team. We've got a, another full-time staffer helping disciple women. Ashley, what's your middle name? Kay. <laughs> we don't usually ask middle names, but that's the yeah. Ashley K. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Now, it's Ghost. It's not Goose. It's not Geese. It's not Goose no. or Goss. It's Ghost. I might still call you Goose, but that's not your last name. Okay, no. So well, I'll just call you K. There you go. <laughs> it works. Um, okay. <laughs> Ashley, what... Like, what's your job description? What are you doing on the adult ministry team? Yeah, so I have joined the team to put a focus on discipleship of women um, in a full-time way, getting to be available to meet with leaders, caring for them, entering with them, and also just coming alongside of that discipleship process, all with the hope to multiply that as those women go out and share and disciple others. Awesome. So, So we've got you two talking about this with us because... Both of you have been in ministry for a number of years now, and both of you, I think, have fielded different kinds of questions in different contexts about how the church leads and disciples women. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make you experts, right? You don't, you don't have to be salespeople, but I want to hear from your experience how to disciple women, like how, how we as a church go about it, how you guys personally are doing it, because that's part of what our team does. So both of you are full-time. Randall, you're coordinating and you're leading women. And, and Ashley, your, your role is discipleship primarily, just kind of open door there. Mm-hmm. First off, talk me through, Randall, if you want to go first, what's your experience being a woman in the church in terms of women's ministry, discipleship? Like, were you discipled? And if so, what did that look like? I was discipled. And that is how I came to know Jesus. I was in a discipleship relationship. I would not have called it that at the time. I would not have had that language, but um, was discipled through becoming a new believer and then for a short time after accepting Jesus. Um, And that really just modeled to me what discipleship could look like. I think it looks a lot different for different people in different seasons of life with different gifts. Um, but yeah, so I was discipled for about a year coming to know Jesus. And then and shortly after I came to know Christ, just meeting in a home with a woman once a week over coffee and really studying scripture, reading through a book that helped lead me to Christ. And then um, just talking about what it looked like to be a Jesus follower in day-to-day life. Did that feel 
formal? Did that feel weird? I mean, when we think discipleship, sometimes it's like, will you disciple me? You know? Sure. Totally. That was not something that I had asked for. She pursued me, which is not something that had ever happened to me before. Um, and so she was actually my connection group leader and I had, it was a new member of the connection group. And so she just asked me one time, like, Hey, would you like to meet for coffee? And I said, sure. And so we met for coffee and then she said, Hey, would you want to meet for coffee again? And I was like, sure. (laughs) And then at that meeting, she said, would you want to meet for coffee every week and read the Bible with me and go through this book with and talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I was like, I mean, sure, I don't have anything better to do. (laughs) So might as well. Two questions. Where did you start in the Bible? This might be super specific here. And what book did you guys go through? Yeah, so we started in the book of John, just reading through the Gospel of John, um, which is still to this date my favorite book in the Bible. Um, And then we read a book called The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus, Mm -hmm. which was a book that showed me that the Bible was one complete story. Mm. It wasn't a bunch of different little books, that it made up one full story and that everything pointed to Jesus. So was this lady like on church staff or what was her job? Yeah, she was a connection group leader, wasn't on church staff, was just a woman who was hungry to disciple others and wanted to show. So she had no official job title. No one had asked her to disciple me specifically. Like there was nothing there. Um, She just was a woman who loved Jesus and wanted me to see wanted to see me love Jesus too. That's cool. So she probably sniffed out in connection group like, hey, this girl, I want to Oh, she saw right through me. (laughs) I had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. And she she took some steps to just invite you in and and go through that stuff. That's cool. Ashley, what about you? Have you been discipled? What does that look like? What does that mean? Yes. So my story is a little different than Randall, that I grew up very involved in church, but wasn't fully understanding who Jesus was. Had the gospel shared with me when I was 16. And then really it was a chunk of like 10 year span of I knew this thing, I believed this to be true, but I had no idea how to flesh that out in real life. And because of that, I didn't ever really get too connected. I kind of stayed out of groups where I could really be too known. And I think that was because I was afraid. I didn't want to be like called out on my lack of knowledge or really even all of that. So finally, when I was in my mid-20s, was involved at a church and in a small group where kind of similarly to what Randall said with um, a gal reaching out to her. So a young couple that was pouring into a group of us, the gal that was part of that couple just took time to talk with me and enter in. I was going through just various things and she entered in but brought the gospel into that. She brought God's word into that studying more of like book studies, which I don't do as much now because I would, I've just learned the value of getting right into God's word. But that study really helped me learn where the books of the Bible were. I grew in that, but also how to read, take what I was reading and then apply that to my life. So not just, yes, I believe these things, but I can live these things out. And also gave me a hunger to see other people around me that probably needed that as well. So being willing to find those women, sometimes it was younger than me, kind of that idea of age, but that doesn't always have to be the case. I've also had a relationship with women who were younger than me, speaking truth into my life and I to an older woman. So it kind of crossed a span like that. Age is not the same as maturity. No, no, not at all. So So, there's similarity in both your stories that you were in a connection group, in a small group, Mm -hmm. and somebody who wasn't an official staffer Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that saw you and took intention to meet you where you're Mm -hmm. at and try to bring you closer to Jesus. Is that Mm -hmm. fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what it kind of came with that woman is 
her being so fed in her community. So she had the time and the desire to pour that out into others. So it's not like she just decided, I'm going to go do this. She was encouraged by her church to go find women to be pouring into and said yes to that opportunity. Mm -hmm. What I love about that too is when you you don't know the impact you're going to have on the people you pour Mm -hmm. into. So for those of you out there as connection group leaders and just out doing your spiritual life, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Here you have two ladies who are fully time involved in ministry and impacting who knows Mm -hmm. how many others and you just just don't know. Okay, I kind of want to poke on something specific here that might be a little spicy. All right, everybody ready? I've heard a number of times like Veritas doesn't have an official women's ministry and men's ministry, Mm -hmm. right? In in the past, we've done some connecting events, things like that. But folks that have come from a different church background might look at the way we structure it and go, oh, this must not mean you shepherd women that much, right? And I don't even think from a bad heart, but they Mm -hmm. had great experience in a women's ministry and they Mm -hmm. go, well, does Veritas just not care, right? Does does Veritas not value shepherding women? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not assuming bad motives from anyone, but I've heard that question enough times to go, okay, I have two full-time ladies here. Does that mean we don't value women, right? Uh, How do we value women if we don't have a women's ministry? What would you guys say to that? Yeah, I have come from a church that had women's ministry and it was flourishing and it was wonderful and I grew a ton there. So I don't inherently think that women's ministry is bad. I think it can be done really, really well. I have also seen women's ministry done very poorly where there was a lot of floof and decorations and not much content from the Bible. Um, And I think Anytime you gather a group of women together and call it women's ministry and there's not actually ministry done, that's a miss. And so I want to preface by saying I've been in both contexts where women's ministry was done really well and I grew a lot and where women's ministry was done very poorly and it was a swing and a miss to use an analogy, a sports analogy, to talk about women's ministry. That's fine. (laughs) All that to say, we don't do a traditional women's ministry here at Veritas. We don't do a traditional men's ministry here at Veritas. But we do have, I mean, we're all on the adult ministry team. And so it's not because we don't value men, and it's not because we don't value women, and we we want to shepherd those people well. Um, and I think we would take a more organic approach to that where we don't have a lot of events. We don't have things for you to come to because we want you to have the time to cultivate those relationships Mm -hmm. together from your connection group, from the people that you meet who sit next to you on a Sunday morning, who you met at New Taveritas brunch or launch point or in different contexts. Because we don't want your your calendars to be so full of events that you don't have time to do ministry mm-hmm. in your context and in your spheres of influence. If you want more about our desire to keep it simple, you can page back through the podcast and mm-hmm. check out the podcast titled Why We Keep It Simple, where we hang out with Jake each a little bit and just mm-hmm. really talk about as an overarching theme our desire to not fill up people's calendars. Mm-hmm. Another thing to add, what I found also coming from women's ministry done well, and also what Randall mentioned, is just the capacity of um, staff. I think often when we look at certain ministries, we think about, well, I am single, I am married, I'm a young mom, I'm, you know, I have a college student, I have a young student, and we try to fit into these pegged holes. And there's not enough capacity on the church staff. So I could never, or Randall, or 
any of us on staff could never reach all the women on our own. Um, so if you come into the church, you know, we know that the church is, a, is not a building, it's the body. And so how do we multiply that in women? So going out and multiplying what I could do by God's grace and strength into someone else is going to allow us to reach more women through connection groups, through doing life versus just coming to the church to be fed. That's so good. Yeah. I just want to reiterate what, what they're saying. It's not that we're against women. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and, and we're not even against the concept of women's mm-hmm. ministry. It can be done well or poorly, just mm-hmm. like any ministry. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to shape a kind of people yeah. and mm-hmm. use our efforts best to disciple all kinds of people to that end. So say a woman comes to Veritas and says, I want to be discipled. What does that look like in our context? What's done there? Yeah. I oftentimes meet with women who say, I want to be discipled. And the first thing I do is explain to them what discipleship is and what discipleship isn't. Because I think oftentimes, especially as a woman and with women, I have found that discipleship means we're going to meet once a week for two to three hours and sip on coffee and you're going to pour all of this wisdom onto me and I'm just going to absorb, absorb, absorb. And then after a time of a year or two, I'm going to be discipled and have arrived at being a disciple and then I'm done. And that's not what discipleship is. Discipleship is life on life where you have to work to be discipled. Like you have to put in some time and effort and energy because to be discipled is to live life alongside someone for the purpose of looking more like Jesus, of growing to be more Christ-like. And that doesn't happen passively. That doesn't happen just by soaking up a lot of wisdom or yeah, just sitting under the teaching of someone. Like it takes study, it takes work, it takes reflection, it takes prayer, it takes being in your Bible to do those things. And so the first thing I do is kind of reframe what the definition of discipleship is for a lot of people. Often I find too, discipleship happens best in the tension of real life or, or trying to pour out. If I'm just passively trying to absorb, I'm going to take things in less deeply and be less affected than if I'm coming into discipleship with real needs because I'm trying to be on mission or I'm trying to reach my neighbors or whatever. And so I've got live questions. How do I raise my kids? How do I love my neighbors? How do I do these things? Totally. Yeah. yeah. So Ashley, if someone's coming to Veritas and says, I want to be discipled, what would you say? Yes. Yeah, so my first question would really be asking them about their community. Are they new? Have they been coming a while? I'd want to know kind of a little bit of that background and then figure out how I might see if they could get into, be it a connection group. If it's a wait list, could there be a gal who they could start talking with and maybe try to get, what do they want to get out of this um, relationship? But also knowing that it's not going to be something, yeah, that you're just going to consume, but how can you even start looking to who you could be pouring out in. But I think like helping them get connected with another woman who they can just start talking with, sharing life with, and then knowing should we be walking through maybe certain things the Bible says about if someone's going through something specifically like anxiety or a breakup or trouble in their marriage or something like that, but keeping the focus on how we keep applying the Bible to that and finding someone who could do that with you. And I think a point that she makes that is really important is that discipleship happens in community Mm -hmm. and that Ashley and I, as great and wonderful as we are, (laughs) um, uh, we can't disciple every woman in this church. 
And nor should we, because that's not, like you said, like the church is the body. It's not the staff. Mm -hmm. It's not the building, but it's the body of believers who, who come here and who are a part of this family. So I think it's important to note that you don't have to be discipled by a staff member or by someone with an official title. The official title is ambassador of Christ. And if you're a believer, then you've got the credentials to disciple someone. And that person then has the credentials to disciple you. Speak to the just the power of an event, or and the fact that we don't do events. Like, how do we how do we see that one on one discipleship making up for what happens at the events, or how do we how do we go about that? One thing I think events can be good for, and I know earlier this year there was an event to literally have you meet other people. So I think that's the first step. You need to be able to meet these people, and it kind of gives a context for that. Not to focus on the negative part of an event, but I think sometimes I found in my past, I want to go to an event, I want to be filled up, and I just want to kind of maybe check off a box, or I want to do this thing my church does, but without being able to really actually know someone there and really get into community. So I think it can be great to meet people, but harder to really be fed there. There has to be something in addition to that event. And that's, that's a really difficult thing because you can't manufacture relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can create contexts, but if if we are not a people that are seeking that out together, it's not going to happen no matter how many events you have. And sometimes we can have so many events as a church, so many functions. I think, Randall, you were saying this before, that we actually don't have space to have relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of some of our connection group leaders who are are wonderful and godly and are kind of gassed because they, they're trying to do a lot and they maybe don't feel like they have space because they keep coming to church events. Don't have space to invite that person in their home. Again, we're not opposed to women using their gifts or discipling other people. We actually want to make more space and context. And we as a church want to help you understand how to do that. So we want to give you tools and give you mindsets to, to understand that too. I don't know if that's best accomplished through a lot of events. So if we're going to do events, we're going to be really specific and really careful for the sake of protecting your calendar so that you can disciple people. Mm-hmm. One of the events that we've we partnered with for women is called The One Conference. Not that one conference, but The One Conference. <laughs> as we're recording this right now, the event is on as far as I'm aware, but COVID can change a lot of things. So as we're recording this, that's happening. But it's, it's going to be in Ames at one of our sister churches, Cornerstone. And part of the goal of the conference is to sit under good teaching, but an even bigger part of it is the drive time with other women to build relationships and have intentional conversation. It's not about checking off the box, but it's about the relationships that interact with the truth together, moving forward as we, as we say what 1 Corinthians 11 one says, follow me as I follow Christ. Veritas, I know we're coming from different backgrounds and different experiences I know that there might even be some things about the rhythms of church life that you're uncomfortable with or unused to now, but this is an invitation. And let let me just speak for a minute here. Women in our church, we need you to be disciple makers. We need you to see the Randalls and the Ashleys, to see the person that doesn't yet know Jesus or doesn't know what it looks like to walk with Jesus and to choose to invite them into your home, invite them into your life, open the Bible together, maybe read a good book together. That's not comfortable. That's certainly not easy. And that can't be manufactured. But as we together act like a family and like the body of Christ, as we look to each other and to each other's needs, I think we're actually going to forget that we have so few events because we're so full of relationships and people. So I hope you're leaving this 
with a bigger vision and hearing what we're for and what we're about. And I hope even as you listen to this conversation, you go, I actually am called to be a disciple maker. I am called to disciple other people in this church. I'm called to invite people into my life and interact over God's word. And if we were all doing that as a church, I think we'd see more people come to Christ. I think we'd see healthier families, healthier men and women. And I think we'd see Jesus' glory reflected through us to our city, to the world that needs it. So please join us in that. Thanks for being part of this conversation with us. Randall and Ashley, thanks for joining us. And excited to see you guys continue to disciple women. Thanks. Thanks.